0: Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining us. The first day of a brand new year, 2023. I can't think of a better place for you to be and be connecting with than us in this moment. Boy, the Lord has a word for all of us, including myself, uh, sharing here today. So let's get ready to jump into our reading. It comes from Judges chapter 6, verses starting at verse 12. It's about Gideon. So it's a fascinating story. And uh, I'll tell you why in just a few moments. Let's listen to what the writer says. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now, you know what? The Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites." Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go with the strength you have. Rescue Israel from the Midianites. What? I'm sending you, God declared. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? <laughs> you know, you're talking to my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I'm the least in my entire family. God says, I got you. The Lord said, I'll be with you. You will destroy the Midianites as if they were, as if you were fighting against one person. There ends the reading. And those of you watching us in our San Jose campus, can you simply say believe? For the rest of you watching from across uh, the country and across the world. If there's somebody sitting in the room with next to you, just turn to them and say, "Believe." If you're sitting by yourself, just, 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 just say, "Believe." I want to suggest to you that that is the word that God wants to be the centerpiece of our journey through this brand new year. Believe. This is the word that 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 God, I, I believe, is. Is whispering in our hearts as we come out of a very difficult and challenging year. Believe. This is the word that he wants us to remember as we go through the ups and downs of a brand new year. Uh, deal with the unexpected. Believe. See, what we believe, what you believe, and I believe, it always matters. You know, there's a fascinating uh, uh, story that dramatizes this point powerfully. Back in 2017, the Super Bowl of 2017 had two incredible teams facing off: the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. The first three and a half quarters of that game, the, new, the Atlanta Falcons was just amazing. As a matter of fact, they were. T- the score was 28 to three. At that point, everybody concluded it was improbable and impossible for the Patriots to win. No team playing a Super Bowl game had ever overcome such a huge deficit. But as they moved towards the end of that quarter, Mr. Brady, Tom Brady, the quarterback, one of my favorite quarterbacks, remembered who he was, remembered who the team was, the pedigree of this championship team, the wide receivers that he was working with. And they got together, I just assumed somewhere in the huddle, and they just said, you know what, guys, we can do this. Even though it's never been done before, we believe. And from that point to the end of the fourth quarter, they scored 25 unanswered points, tying the game. The game goes into overtime. First time Super Bowl game. I think it's the only time the Super Bowl game ever went into overtime. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Mr. Brady marches his team down down the field after winning the corn toss, never conceding the ball, gets it across the touchdown line. History is made because the Patriots believe. Now, the Falcons, who were so close to the the door of history, started close in their face because as as the Patriots' faith and belief increased, the Falcons' faith and belief decreased. You see, what you believe makes all of the difference at the end of the day. What we believe as we move into 2023 will, in fact, determine, and not just what we believe, but in whom we believe, will shape how we experience and interpret life's ups and downs. And there are going to be ups and downs, as you well know. It'll shape how we experience and interpret the mountaintop moments of great success and great joy. It will shape and interpret, shape how we experience and interpret those incredible valley moments of struggle and trouble. And I hear God whispering to you and to me, believe. So I want to ask you, how is your level of belief? If your level of belief going into a Brand new year is kind of low. There is no condemnation, no judgment for me because I feel you. I understand given all that we've passed through. Come on now. That's why I think the Lord is sending this word and he wants us to return to it again and again. as we work our way through this year, believe. Now the writer of Judges chapter uh, 6 is going to help us with this point because it really is, uh, it, it is, it helps to focus us. But first, let me just tell you this. Believing is a pretty powerful thing, as I just indicated by the Super Bowl game that I just shared. It inspires vision. It enables you to see the improbable and the impossible and the impractical and see a pathway to it. It's powerful, I tell you. Believing uh, generates the strength of will. It, not just you know, not only do you have an uncommon commitment to start something, but in order to get to the end, you've got to have an uncommon commitment to reek. Uh, to continuing to recommit, recommit, recommit. Anyone who's been married for decades know that the only way you survive and thrive in a marriage of decades is that you, gotta, you come to those strategic moments where you recommit, you recommit, you recommit. And then, of course, your belief fires up and empowers, uh, forges, if you will, Resilience. The ability to bounce up, to start over again, to not stop, to not quit, to not give up your toughness, your tenacity. Yeah, you know, one of the iconic figures for me that when it really uh, kind of is the picture for what it means to be resilient is rocky. You know this's got rocky one, two, three, four, five. But, but the, the, the basic picture that frames all of those is that Rocky is always knocked down by whoever it is he's fighting. The odds are against him. And everything in him and around him is saying, stay down, stay down, stay down. And yet because Rocky believes, he finds a way to get back up and win the battle. I just want to say to you that what you already know. That life, as it did last year, will find new ways to knock us down on the mat. But I want to suggest to you that if you can just raise your level of belief, you'll be able to get up again. God will give you the gift of resilience. Now let's look at how our, our passage frames this uh, insight and, and, and what it calls us to believe. First of all, we notice here in verse 11, we find that... Uh, Gideon is in a posture of fear. Here's what the text says. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz of the clan of Abzah. Gideon, Gideon, the son of Joaz, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide, there it is, to hide the grain from the Midianites. Why is Gideon hiding? Ah, What does his hiding say about his state of mind? Well, first of all, his hiding says about his state of mind that, that Gideon in this context feels frightened and powerless and oppressed and angry and lots of doubt, very little faith and trust. The backstory is that for the last several years, seven years actually, that the Midianites and the Amalekites have kind of partnered together with other people groups in the region and they just raided and killed and plundered They they swarmed like locusts, the text would say, wiped out the livestock, wiped out the crops again and again and again, constantly disrupting the normal patterns of life. Every time Gideon and the nation of Israel thought that they could return to a normal pattern of life, it was another major disaster, disruption, tragedy. Life was lost. Crops were destroyed. Hope was demolished. It's enough to make you want to quit. And yet the text tells us that in this remarkable angelic manifestation, that God himself shows up right in the middle of Gideon's circumstances in a very surprising way. I'm praying that, that the God of the universe that we know in Jesus is showing up to you as you listen to this text in a very surprising way which will we'll, we'll manifest himself in whatever your life circumstance. And here's the first thing that is being communicated by, 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 by God showing up in Gideon's circumstances is this. Gideon, you're part of something bigger. That I know that the last seven years have been a, a series of disruptions and tragedy and pain, but Gideon, you're part of something bigger. You're part of something that I'm doing across the ages. You are a strategic part of of it. And listen, Gideon, I want you to know that your life, the, the breadth of your life, the substance of your life, and the breadth of your faith and the depth of your faith cannot be defined or limited or determined by what happened the last seven years. You're part of something much bigger than that. Somebody needs to hear God say to you right now that the, the challenges of the last year or two years or three years or however, that's, however long that season might be is not to define the breadth and the depth of your trust in God, you're part of something bigger part of an unfolding story. We, we celebrated a little bit of, of, the, of the bigger, right, that, that, that goes from Gideon to the birth of Jesus coming into the world. Come on, this, this a few weeks ago. Gideon, you're part of something bigger. The second thing that, that was powerful in, in God showing up in Gideon's circumstances was to say to Gideon, and check, check it out, I'm not finished with you. As a matter of fact, Gideon, I believe in you. Now, let me just step back for just a moment so you can see where, I, where I'm getting this notion of, of God believing in Gideon. And by the way, God is declaring, and I believe in Israel, the nation, my people. I believe in them in this unique circumstance. Why? Because part of the thematic uh, a, a thrust of the book of Judges is how the people of God, the nation of Israel, which includes Gideon by the time you get to the end of his story, right? Uh, uh, they, they just move in and out. They move from faithfulness to God to unfaithfulness, faithfulness to God to unfaithfulness. And so here God shows up in these remarkable circumstances, and he says uh, to Gideon on behalf, says to Gideon, and he's, he's speaking of To Gideon and the nation of Israel, I have not given up on my people, and I have not given up on you, Gideon. Now, this is a wonderful word for somebody that's struggling, perhaps today. Maybe your girlfriend has given up on you. Maybe the teachers have given up on you. Come on. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Maybe your mama has given up on you. But God has wants you to hear that the one who created you, come on now, and has placed potential within you, he has not given up on you. He believes in you. This is a powerful thing. You know, I remember uh, a number of years ago, uh, uh, one of my former elders at a church I pastored in Roxbury introduced me to one of their colleagues, and I asked the colleague, hey, do you believe in God? The colleague quickly said, no, I don't believe in God. I said, well, no worries about it. God believes in you. That's a powerful thing to come to grips with. Now, Let me ask you a question. One more insight here. See, if I really think about how powerful it is that God believes in me, even when I've given God a thousand and one reasons not to believe in me, it is a reminder about how important it is for me to believe in some of the people that are around me. So here's the question for you. Who in your life desperately needs you to believe in them? So I think about my own life, I'm here because I think about Mr. Bordelon. he was a a marvelous English teacher, white Jehovah Witness or different ethnic group, different faith. But when I was clowning and on my way to destruction, he he just wouldn't give up on me. He just kept, he saw something. He just stayed with it. He kept believing it. Or uh, C. Knighton, who's an African American, who, I don't, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, probably rarely went to church, right? So again, you know, in a different context for me. And yet, like Mr. Bordelon, he just wouldn't give up on me. Who in your life needs you to not give up on them? Who in your life, as you kick off a brand new year, needs you to be, in a sense, the presence of God in their lives and not to give up on them? Now, I'm not talking about blind faith. I mean, but, but, but hold on to what you see, that, that gift that God has put in their lives. And keep calling them up, calling them up, calling them up, calling them up. Yeah. To some degree, this is what God is doing in Gideon's life. He says, Hey. I believe in you, and you're part of something bigger. And then notice uh, verse 12b. Listen, I love this. You hear echoes of Christmas here, don't you? It says, the Lord, this is what he said, is with you, Mr. Gideon, mighty warrior. Now, you hear the echoes of Christmas in the Lord is with you. You you know, the angel showed up and said to Joseph, listen, Mary, you can trust her. What's in her womb is of the Holy Spirit. And this is fulfillment of the prophecy It was declared that a virgin will be with a child and that child will be born. You'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. You know, this is the story of the angel showing up to Mary who felt invisible and insignificant. He shows up in her circumstances, declares to her, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Oh, my gosh, this is, this is a part of the larger story, you see, that kept unfolding even after Gideon had done his assignment that, that brought us to what we just finished celebrating, that God shows up in the world as a reminder. I'm with you, by Now, that's a really good word. That's a good word. You're part of something bigger. That's a good word. Believe it. Come on now, you, you. God believes in you, and he's got a call on your life for this year. Yes, believe it. And then check this out. Check this out. You are more than what you can imagine. You're more than what you think about yourself. You're more than what, how you feel about yourself. Listen to what he said. He said, he said, he said, Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior, did he? He's hiding. He's, he feels, impro- he's impoverished. He's frightened. He, he, he feels along with his people like a failure who can, who cannot overthrow the powers that are plummeting him. Oh no, he does not feel like a warrior. And certainly not like a mighty warrior. This is a fabulous reminder, isn't it? That God is able to see in us what we can't see in ourselves. And when Gideon looked in the mirror, he saw fear. But when God looked at Gideon, he saw courage. When Gideon looked in the mirror, he saw maybe a possible follower. But when God looked at Gideon, he saw a leader. When Gideon looked in the mirror, he saw a messed up life. But when God looked at Gideon, he saw a miracle in process. Oh, my. What does God see when he looks at you? You are more than what you imagine. God says, believe it. With God, you're more than what you can imagine. There's somebody sitting there, say, just say, with God, you're more than what you imagine. If you type it in the chat, just type, you're more. With God, you're more than what you can imagine. You know, Mark Twain said that the two most important figures to come out of the 19th century was uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and Helen Keller. In case you don't know, Helen Keller was a renowned and prolific author and a strong advocate of the rights of those who are disabled. She was a political activist, a national and international lecturer. impressive, impressive resume, no matter who you are. But when you consider the fact that she was born June 27, 1880, so a woman in, uh, of that era, and then add to that that at 19 months, Short of two years old, some unnamed sickness broke out in her life and left her c- completely blind and completely deaf. Couldn't see, couldn't hear. It would be un- wouldn't be until she was seven years old before Ann Sullivan would be sent into her life and Ann would find a way to communicate by literally writing and drawing in Helen's hand. And the world would explode. Around the same time, the famous Reverend Philip Brooks, uh, the one who wrote Old Little Town of Bethlehem, the former pastor of that great church, Old South Church, church I'm very familiar with from my days in Boston, Uh, he would would encounter this young girl that was blind and deaf, and with the help of of Aunt, would communicate to her that Jesus was with her. Years later, Helen would say that she always knew in her isolation and darkness that she was not alone. She always felt this presence of love that was with her always. She just didn't know his name. Oh, I raise this point, you see, because when, when, when folk looked at Helen Keller, they saw a woman who was blind and who was deaf, who they thought was an invalid and insignificant and and, and all of that. But when God looked at her, come on, that he saw an author, an advocate of rights for the disabled and voting rights for women and, and civil liberties. And, 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 and what he saw in her, he called out. He called out. And she sensed his calling. She was a part of something bigger. He believed in her when nobody else would. He believed in her. And he called out. He said, you're more than what you can imagine. God wants to call out for somebody who's going into 2023. There's no promise that you're not going to not run into trouble. There's no promise that uh, that won't be challenged. There won't be tragedies. That life is made up of all of that. We're living in some peculiar times. but, But God wants to begin with this message right now. And he's saying to you that I'm calling out of you the greatness. I'm calling out of you the faithfulness. I'm calling out of you what I have put in you. I know it's there. Come forth. You've got to position yourself. Gotta believe. Gotta believe. I can hear Gideon here. He, he says, okay, I hear it. And you're saying, I hear, I hear you saying the Lord is with me. I, I get that. I heard you. But here, here's Gideon's response. The text says, so so Gideon replied, Well, if the Lord is with us, listen, this is what somebody's saying right now. Listening to me. If the Lord is with us, why has all this horrible stuff happened to us and where are all the miracles that our ancestors the folk in the church and and, and always talking about now you know how I feel Gideon says I feel like the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites the angel which is the manifestation of God in the presence in that circumstances doesn't address that question Because in reality, his presence is the answer to the question. It's already declared God is with you. The fact is, I'm here in the circumstances engaging with you right now, telling you you're part of something bigger, telling you that I've got confidence in you. Come on, I'm believing in you, that you're more than what you can imagine and you're more than what you think, you're more than what you feel. And by the way, if you just need an answer, let me just tell you, here's why all of the craziness is going on. Come on, that it's going on because there's darkness in the world and there's darkness in the world because there's darkness in the human heart and God has decided that he can't beat that out of the human heart, that the only thing that God can do is redeem it out of us, love it out of us, forgive it out of us, fill us until it pushes out of us and he calls you and me to be a part of that work in the world and as we work with God shining light in the darkness check it out he transforms odds, and we become what we hope and wish that others would be wow do you believe God says believe Well, here's the next to the final point. God says you're you're part of something bigger. God says, I've called you. I believe in you. I don't care what challenges you've had in your life. God says you're more than what you think and what you imagine. God says, and you're stronger than you think. Yeah. You're stronger. You're stronger. You're stronger. Listen to how it shows up in the text. Then the Lord, then the Lord turned to him and said, it was as though God was about to walk. He said, and then he has a thought. He turns to him and says, hey, dude, go with the strength you have. Rescue Israel from the Mennonites. Listen, I'm commissioning you. You got what you need. Go. He's going already tell him a little later and check it out. Your strength plus my strength will be more than enough. You've got, you, 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 you're stronger, you're stronger, you're stronger. With me, God is saying to somebody, I need you to believe it. To your stronger, come on, to that person who says, I can't take it, I can't make it, I will never survive it. The grief, the sickness, the struggle, the, the relational challenge, and God declares, No, 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 hook up with me. Come on, you're stronger, you're stronger, you're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think. That was the whisper that came to Helen Keller. You know, she had to go to a school and learn how to navigate life as a person who was blind go to another school and learn how to navigate life as a person who was deaf and then on top of that she had to figure out, and listen you, you, I, I know you got challenges but listen to, to her situation, she then had to, she had to go and figure out, how, learn how to read, learn how to read braille and then she had to learn how to write because she was going to become a prolific writer and then she had to learn how to actually speak and articulate in a way that people could not, could not just conversate with her but she would become a, an amazing lecturer that would lecture 35 different countries and and, 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 and I'm sure that it, it, got, it was difficult, it was challenging. She was doing the unprecedented and she was doing the improbable and she was doing what felt like the impossible. And yet it was the whisper of God that continued to say, you're stronger than you think, you're stronger than you think, you're stronger than you think. You plus me is more than enough. You can do it. Move towards the purpose I have for you. Move towards the purpose I have for you. Before it all over, history will record that she would graduate from Red Cliff College of Harvard University, the first person who's blind and deaf to achieve a BA degree from that distinguished university. And she did it because she believed. She believed that with God she was stronger. She was strong. She was strong enough to accomplish the improbable and she believed with God what God had declared. Listen, God told Gideon, come on now, I'm commissioning you, I'm sending you and Helen believed despite her blindness, despite her deafness, come on, she was part of something greater that God was saying, I've I've commissioned you, I've sent you, you've got a divine purpose, come on next week I'm going to start a new series Said, you're made for this and what he was saying to Gideon, you're made for this season what he was saying to Helen, you're made for this season and what he's saying to Somebody is listening to me right now. You are made for this season. You're stronger than you think. Then here's the last point. He said, "Don't you ever forget with me." I do want to suggest that's the key, right? With me, the the one who connects you to something greater. With me. The one who believes in you and, and can see what, what, what is yet to come out of you with, with me. You're more than you can imagine. With me, you're stronger than you can think. You're stronger than you think. And with me, you're greater than your circumstances. Somebody sitting close, you just say you're greater than your circumstances. Come on, just just type in the chat, with God, I'm greater than my circumstances. Listen how it shows up here in the text. Can't you hear? It says, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Do you not know who I am? Listen, my clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh. And listen, I'm the least, man. I'm the least in my entire family. Uh, How can I? That's the question. How can I do the improbable? How can I make it through another season? How can I survive what's happening in my house and in my family? How can I? And here comes the answer. The Lord said, I'll be with you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Wow. You know, as I close this out, I... I think about Helen Kellen, and she got a lot of amazing quotes out there. And one of the quotes that she, 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 she says, she says that she, she, she rarely kind of mourned about, grieved about, worried about what she couldn't do. She says every now and then to come like a faint wind blowing upon a flower. But for the most part, she was fixated on what God had empowered her to do and what God had called her to do. <laughs> And perhaps the question would rise again and again. How can I? How can I? And God would say, I will be with you. I will be with you. That whisper of the one that was always in the the space with her. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And so she wrote 14 books, y'all. Come on, she toured the U.S. and 35 other countries advocating for the rights of those who are disabled. She, 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 she shifted from being a follower to a leader. Listen, a, a woman who was blind and deaf taking the lead and, and working for women to win the right to vote, for uh, labor rights, for civil liberties, for all of the folk who, 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 who are in need. My goodness, See, uh, how can I? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Uh, the improbable, just because it hasn't been done, doesn't mean it won't be done. The impossible, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Books are now written about her. film. Uh, it, it has been made about it called The Miracle Worker. The house that she was born is now a historical landmark. How did that happen of a blind woman whose death in the late 1800s through the 1900s? How is that? God says, because I was with her. I was with her. I was with her. I'm praying that God is raising your belief level. I'm praying that God is raising your trust level. I'm praying that as you start a brand new year, you can hear God whisper, believe. Believe you're part of something bigger. Believe. Believe, believe that, that 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 I have confidence in you, and that and, and that I've put something in you that even through the difficulty of this season I'm going to call out. I, uh, believe, believe that I know your name. I know you by the DNA code of your of your biology. Come on, I know you. Believe, believe that you're more than you can imagine. That you're stronger than you think. Believe, believe that with me you're greater than yourself. Circumstances, believe it, believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe. That's the whisper. Believe. Amen. I encourage you to take a picture of this prayer it's on the screen. I want you to wake up and say this prayer every day for the next week or two. It comes to your mind, say it throughout the week. Just put it in your phone. Just pray this prayer and believe that God's going to answer it. He's going to reveal it. He's going to, he's going to reveal the truth. You're going to, this truth is going to become a part of your reality. Lord, I want you to say this with me. Read it on the screen with me. Lord, I believe that with you, I'm more than I imagined. Stronger than I think, greater than my circumstances. In Jesus' name. Amen.